0: schalke du nicht ah they did it see the hero and hero can you believe it they the attacking no go the comeback is complete a stunning second half from schalke blau und weiß seien leben lang hallo leute willkommen zum einzigen schalke podcast auf english welcome to episode 156 of shock america i'm your host richard carmen joining me as always jack mangan happy monday
1: happy monday not a victory (laughs) monday for the first time in quite a while but that's okay the streak uh had to come to an end at some point i mean it didn't but it was likely five on the bounce was uh quite enough for me um i think it's it's probably going to be uh you know the manner. Of the defeat that people are most uh disappointed with rather than uh the result because still still in a good place uh with a couple games to go so once again still with our own destiny in our hands um and a lot to take advantage of
0: there is there is everything is still in our destiny um losing for one to Bremen is not the best way to do it but if you were to lose you would rather lose them than against like sandhausen who we got next by the way um who are pretty hot themselves. But uh yeah, it's it interesting results this weekend. Um, St. Pauli lost to Darmstadt, Nuremberg lost officially ending their hopes of promotion. So yeah, it's just, it's results are getting more clear now. We got three games left. Honestly, we win next three games or maybe even a couple of results go away from the other games could lock of the top 2 spot, which is the goal. Right? Um yeah.
1: yeah we don't want to be we don't want to be in the playoff i mean listen we'll, we'll take whatever we can get um obviously we'd rather have you know the, the playing game uh than be in fourth but uh if at all possible i think at least for our own personal uh um health we'd, yeah. we'd prefer not to have to sit through uh you know the playoff situation so yeah. um yeah but once again we're there right now we can make it happen um you know this loss wasn't some sort of like definite setback in terms nope. of the uh, the automatic promotion uh, bid. bit
0: no because luckily we had two-point advantage on bremen so now they're only one point up on us st Pauli lost like we said so darmstadt leap them we have i think a two-point cushion maybe three-point cushion on darmstadt um two points on darmstadt right now so yeah and three on and st Pauli's. so we're sitting in a good spot at the moment but um this game was the top spiel uh obviously one versus two two versus one however you want to call it um a game that meant a lot in terms of redemption, in a way, because the first time we played them, we did fairly well in that game. It looked like we had the win. They got a ghost penalty at the end of the game. Fulcrook sets up and scores a the goal. They tie the game at and death. Uh, so we thought those massive drop points could end up costing us, even though you know there's other results that could have cost us. So we want a revenge. Uh, and it's a game with... Two big goal scorers on both teams, right? We have obviously have Timon uh, Timo and, <laughs> Timo and Pumba, uh, Tarota and Bulter. They have Volk, Krug, and Dux. Um, uh, Marvin Dux for one person, you know, he has been sitting on 18 goals for 17 goals for the longest time. He's been hit, he's like the postman. He's been hitting posts in every game he's played. Had two posts in this game. Uh, but let's get into lineups in this one, Jack. Um, first for us. Starting lineup changed just ever so slightly. Vinheim would be on the right instead of Matriciani, but we saw Tiao Kaminsky, chalanolu with Frazel in the back. Itakura-Paulson in the middle, all holding pivots with uh, drexler Bolter, salazar and toroto Thoughts on the lineup?
1: Do we not have a picture of uh, Vinheim in, in Schalke gear at this point? In the, uh... No,
0: no. He's uh, to be determined. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, I mean the starting lineup was very much what we've seen like, again recently. Um, yeah. possibly a slightly different kind of like general starting shape. Um, because I felt like Bolter was consistently playing a bit higher and was yes. less in that central role, so it may have yes. been um for two, two, something, two or something, yeah, something like that. Some some kind of yeah. Uh, but anyway, in terms of like personnel selection, pretty similar. Uh, I mean it's nice to see Vinheim back in the lineup at a minimum. He had just kind of started getting going, and then. Of course, out to injury, which has been the case for several players. Um, you know, Tiawan Kaminsky, fine with that, you know, and, and Ida Kura. Um, I, I think I think the way this game went, it ultimately ended up being a Florian flick game. And so I think the inclusion of Falson was unfortunate, particularly in the first half. Um, but you know, outside of that, obviously am I'm, I'm for the most part, you know, fine with what we saw.
0: Yeah, uh I I agree with all that assessment there. And getting over to the visitors, uh Pavlenka had a decent game and goal. You had Jung Dux, we mentioned, uh Mitchell Weiser, Bittencore, Full Krug, Schmid, uh Rap Agu, Gruev, and Friedel. Um strong lineup, strong lineup by them. Obviously, had the two big old scorers. Uh Mitchell as has had a decent season, Bittencourt, something we're familiar with. Schmidt has had a good season yeah. as well. And Agu uh and Gruev. So there's a lot of good players throughout this lineup mm-hmm. here. Um, obviously this is going to be a difficult game, Jack. Uh, we knew that. It wasn't going to be a game we're going to glance over and look at the week after, was it?
1: I mean, yeah. Like, in addition to, you know, obviously the, the two guys up top that you mentioned already, um, I thought Groove was really good in this one. Uh, Bittencourt was pretty solid as well. Uh, and then the guys, you know, Agu uh, and in uh, visor, not bad either yep. on the wing. Uh, so, I mean, there's, yeah, there's some good performances all over uh, the pitch for, for Bremen and definitely some known quantities there in terms of the uh, the personnel.
0: Yeah, uh, and this game was interesting because um well Bremen got the action started hot and heavy early. They had within the first minute of the game, Fulkrug had an opportunity. He got past uh Freisel. Uh luckily Tiao puts a pressure on him, he hits the outside of the post on the shot, and that's a warning shot right there. If you're Schalke. Fulkrug gets his chance within the first minute of the game. Um, but Verder came to play, you know, and we've seen them in the last I don't know, five games or so at least many times this season, that they started off slow, usually give up the first goal and had to play their way back into the games, and they're very good at that. But this game, they were fully intent on trying to get the leader early, and it looked like it from the onset.
1: Yeah, it did. Um, I, I think they they just set up very well against us um when they were uh without the ball. Yeah. Um, I, I think they were just the far more organized team. Uh, I think that Buskins was maybe outcoached in this one um in, in a way that showed more significantly than has maybe been the case over the past five games because not all of those five games were like brilliant performances where we yeah. like you know, clearly outclassed the opponent. There was a couple good performances in there and then a couple like you know, yeah. average ones that we somehow got the win with, you know. Um, I thought this one was maybe a, a you know a kind of a clear difference in terms of Bremen really coming in with a plan. Um, yeah. The uh, like the what is it like a three one four two maybe that they play yeah. kind of yeah. something like that that just that that maybe wouldn't have worked slightly as well when we were kind of playing like our back five shape. Um, but you know when we're playing you know four two three one or even like the four two 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 potentially that it was today. Um, you know, both of their strikers are, are putting direct pressure on our center backs. Um, they have the two central midfield players that can mark our two central defensive midfield players. And then they also have the two wide midfielders in the, in that four that can push out um, to close down any ball that gets circulated out to, you know, the, the right or the left back. Um, and so I felt for a lot of the first half in particular, they were very excellent in in executing that. And just wherever we went, um, you know there was sort of immediate pressure on the ball, and they were doing a good job of just kind of sitting in in passing lanes and um and, and just kind of directly marking our options as well. And they made it really difficult for us to build, and we didn't seem to have much of an answer for that.
0: Yeah, I think a good word for them was is efficient, right? Um, because for a good spell of the first half and and really the game, I guess we had decent possession, did a lot of good things, but mistakes, especially in the final third, either not capitalizing on our chances or just getting silly mistakes, and they pounced on it immediately uh and obviously to get the goal early with gruev gets the first goal right away um big mistake by frazzle uh should have done if he shouldn't caught it should have at least palm away to the side not back into the middle where duke or excuse me gruev uh wonderfully put it back so not the ideal start for us i great start for them um and at that point i was like okay well let's see how we react but um the goal an error should have been prevented right
1: and what what do you think happened there really? Um I, I don't I mean I don't want to make really bad excuses. I don't know if it was like, you know, the sunshine that can sometimes peek through parts of the Velton's Arena, yeah. um making it difficult or whatever, but like it didn't seem to be the kind of shot that he would have needed to palm away. No, so to, like
0: I what, what are the angles? Uh, it looked like the wor- the ball had major swerve on it. And when you watch his reaction, he was going like this way then palms this way. So it looked looked like maybe the ball swerved on him and he misjudged. Yeah, because he was I'm jumping
1: guessing. to his right, but then he had to like, you know, yeah. go to his left with his hands, gotcha. Yeah.
0: So like a knuckleball type, but w- w- really fast that was hit at him. Um well struck by I forget who I don't know if it was Schmied or who who struck it. Um, but really well done. Mitch- Mitchell Visor I may have might have been the guy who did it, but um yeah, go down off an error. You you hate to see we talked about this for how long now, how many years now we've talked about this, that when we give up goals, we want it to be well-executed, You know, cut through our team, and okay, we're okay with that. But it's a mistake by us. We're like, come on, we could have prevented yeah. this. And this is a prime example of that. Um, so down one nothing. not the end of the world at that point. We were playing decent, but killing ourselves with our mistakes, and the goal was one of them right there. We had a couple of chances. Simon Toroda had a couple of chances, our best goal scorer by by far. He had, a. a, a I think... I thought i say had a nice cross to him. Uh, he's offside of the play, but he should have put that away. Another play where Itakura in the 21st minute or so set him up beautifully, really kind of cut through that middle of uh, midfield, found Toroto, Toroto over the bar. Um, and I felt like that was going to come back to bite us. Uh, thoughts on the missed opportunities in particular by Toroto?
1: Yeah, it was an interesting game because um, I actually think we were decent. Yeah. In terms of chance creation, um, we, we probably we, had
0: the yeah. more opportunities. Uh,
1: yeah, we had a decent number of chances in the first half and throughout the game that we could have, you know, maybe played a final ball that was better or, you know, somebody couldn't have like squandered a first touch or something. And also some nice saves that were made. Um, it was just, that, you know, on the defensive end that we were particularly shambolic. And that's what caused, you know, the massive discrepancy in the scoreline. Um, yeah. Tirada I thought was wasteful in this one unfortunately. Uh, not as clinical as he typically is. Really Got to sick. some decent positions, and I, I also think, though, that um, I, offensively, particularly in the first half, and actually for most of the second half as well, until we had, like, you know, like, Iden and Flick and uh, and uh, Idrizi on the pitch, um, until we had Cholinov, until we had those guys on the pitch, I thought we were pretty one-dimensional offensively, and everything that we had was either kind of coming in transition or it was um, aerial Ball's to Torada in the center of the box. And that was like the entirety of our offensive chance creation. So that was a problem as well. I mean, it, it technically kind of worked at times. Cause like I said, like Torada had chances and was wasteful and should have done better, but um, yeah, a little bit one dimensional and maybe some of that in the second half was when them backing off with pressure or whatever, but um, yeah, missing some creativity I felt like in this one.
0: Yeah. And those times where they went for those plays and they missed Brayman quick countered quickly. And they're very good at that transition game. Um, you know, the, 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 two strikers plus all the midfielders and, and the rest of our team, they're very good at finding each other, pushing the play around. Um, and then in the, I guess it's like 29th minute, um, full crew got his goal. Um, nice goal by him Two nothing at that point. And I'm like, shit, here we go. It's not what I wanted to see at that point, but it's one down no, one, nothing. Okay. If we can get a draw in this game, that's not the end of the world. We're still one point up. Uh, or you know, two points up on them in a draw would do us really nicely. Uh, but then they go two up. I'm like, okay, there's no way we're coming back from two nothing. If we get a goal back, at least we'll make it interesting. Um, but you know, going into the break, two down, two nothing with those two goals. I mean, what you see from that second goal and exactly
1: it, it looked so similar to the first one in terms of like wasn't like both dead ball situations and they kind yes. of ran a similar, like, yes. kind of like short routine to like the top of the box before launching something in. So, yep. I mean. I don't know if those were set routines that they created just for this game but like if not that looked like we did not do our homework in terms of set pieces and, and dead ball situations against them um because yeah. the, I mean like, I, I'd have to go back and analyze it a little bit further but like I said it looked like both of those goals came off of almost <laughs> identical movements from Bremen and that's just that's not that's the kind of stuff you'd see from us when we were getting relegated it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. They, they would they would have like two or three maybe even four dangerous chances from like the exact same way that they wouldn't score and we would do nothing to adjust. And then eventually mm-hmm. they would, you know what I mean? They would score that yep. way. Yep. um And, you know, we let up the first goal and then we had let up a second, goal through a very similar mechanism, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, both, both goals are scored off of short plays off the corners. There are slight variances in it, but it was exactly the same short, you know, short corner uh, and full crew as we joke all the time, like how do you leave Simon Toroto with that wide open all the time when he's obviously the goal scorer full crew is the main guy for them. And he was wide open for that. The closest guy was his guy covering him and he let the ball go to him and crew put it away. So two, nothing there at half. And I'm thinking, okay, this is like how we've seen this before where hopefully Buyo or somebody, maybe even Schroeder, <laughs> lays into the team at halftime and they come out with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of kick to them. Um, Second half started. It was much of the first, much the same of the first half. Um, you know, up to this point, I think Marvin Dukes has had had two posts in this game. I think one in the first half, one in the second half. You knew he was coming, and sure enough, he gets a goal in the fifty-first. Two minutes later, he gets a goal again. Two goals within a two-minute span. There. Um, I mean, he he's good. They're good, but I think all these goals could have been prevented. I think there were silly mistakes by us, lapses in judgment. Uh, careless giveaways it kind of led to all these goals but what in particular did you see from those last two goals that they scored? Yeah I
1: have to I have to rewatch the uh the second Dirch because I actually forget how how that one went. It was a nice uh, blast it, was, from, like, it
0: kind of like bounced out to him and he just took it himself. But the
1: Fulkrug one I mean was was I think it was actually Bolter that was marking him and then Fulkrug dove deep into the box and Bolter yeah. just didn't move with him at all and just stood there and then he was unmarked. Um and then yeah the first one From our was uh um, I think it, technically it should have been maybe like Vindheim on the back end, and he ended up kind of like jumping up and kind of cutting centrally, and no one picked him up, and I don't yeah. know. He, yeah, not, not good. Um, leaving people unmarked in the box is generally not a good strategy, particularly when it's you know the kind of guys we're talking about here. So um, you, you're kind of asking for it um, when you have multiple goals like that where the person, just, just no one has a body on them, you know, and they're allowed to get that kind of space um, in a dangerous area.
0: Yeah, and as Anthony mentions in the chat, you know, once you go down two plus goals, it just deflates the team. And James Thurgood, friend of the show, uh, he was doing the the telecast in the game, and he mentioned like, "Hey, you know, when it was one nothing, if Bremen scores another goal, they're gonna knock this crowd out of the game." Not to our credit, the crowd stayed lively throughout the game, and they deserve all the credit. But you know, we score that they score that second goal. It looks like some of it, the win was kicked out of us, and then they come out in the second half and immediately score and score again game is over. It was already over at that point but it I mean, it just completely deflated the team. They kept trying, we kept trying, which is good and Toronto ended up getting the consolation goal at the end all for naught, but um missed opportunities I think. It's you know the score will tell you that they destroyed us. They 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 owned the game and everything, but statistics, I mean, we had more shots. Like you mentioned, we had a lot of good opportunities in the first half. Uh, possession was in our favor. That could be because we were losing the game, trying to come back. But we just missed our opportunities, I think, Jack. I mean, I don't know what your thought, but I thought this game was a lot closer than yeah. the four-one indicated, and we just are going to rue the missed chances. And hopefully, we learn against Sandhausen.
1: Yeah, I mean, not suggesting we played great. We played terrible defensively and offensively we weren't, you know, stellar. But it wasn't as if we we, we struggled to get um, we struggled to get numbers in the box. But we, we got the ball into the box, in particularly to Torada, like I said, in a number of dangerous situations, and we just couldn't find a way to get it in. So. Um. Yeah. Later. Later in the game, like I said, we brought on Florian Flick, who I thought was needed in, in this game when there was this much pressure on the ball. Once again, you need people with composure that can help circulate things. Um. I don't know if you know Bishkin should have seen that one ahead of time, but this one to me was was very much a flick game, and he he should have been starting from the beginning. Yeah. Um. And then you know I thought Iden was decent. I thought I thought a was lively as he typically is, was combining well with Chana and Bolter getting wide at the end of the game. So, um. And like I said, some of that was Bremen backing off. We we started to get a little bit more creativity and diversity in terms of how we were creating chances and where they were coming from, yeah. uh, in the, in like the later parts of the second half. But at that point, I mean, the game was already gone, as you said, you know, four, four nil. Um, and, uh, you know, that fourth, that fourth goal for them, you know, it's, it's tough for Frozzle cause it's a, it's a deflection and it kind of catches him going the wrong way. Big deflection, but, yeah. but the problem is even without that, he made multiple mistakes in this game, um, and was, was pretty terrible. Uh, and, uh, it's unfortunate because he actually had just had fairly recently, I think, probably his one of his better performances of the season, um, and so we had just finally given him some credit after not really giving him credit for a while, and then he comes in like this, and it's just, yeah, it's tough. It's not what you needed right now. It um, went well, to his head. No, I mean, like the de- the defense in and of itself was was poor, but on top of that, you at least need you know a good goalkeeping performance to try to rescue some things sometimes, and um, it was the entire
0: back area,
1: center backs, you know, like you know, fullbacks, goalkeeper. It was everybody that was uh involved at in this time unfortunately
0: and i think we talked about it last week how like yeah you know kaminsky's been really great but maybe he's not the right guy for a team like brayman maybe you need to have someone else i mean obviously maybe Sane wasn't available or fully healthy and yeah you know, that's the best that you got but again as you said maybe buyo got outmanaged in this game uh for for the first time in in his tenure and so Bramian found some weaknesses in our team team, and they did very well with the chances that they they, they got against us and they were efficient. I mean, look, seven shots on targets, four goals. It's pretty damn efficient. So um, good to see William in the house and Edwin as well. It was just—it was just one of those. Per-
1: and I want to. Second half was better. Like I said, it was one of those yeah. performances though that I don't think we've seen that often since the beginning part of the season, where right. we just—we just looked like we were completely outclassed. Like I think there was a couple—couple couple moments early in—early in the year where we went up against a team and we just like—they're significantly better organized. They look, on some level, like more professional or, or whatever or cohesive yeah. in some way yeah. than we do. And it like you know within five minutes, you're like it's going to be a long day. At the office because of that, and then for most of the season, that hasn't been the case. Like we've been, right. we've been in every game or better than a lot of the teams, and this was just one of those performances where I think, like you said, you know, you're watching the first ten minutes, of this one, and you're like, "Oh man, uh, you know, they're sharper, they're they're more organized, they have a plan here, yeah." Um, and this is going to be a, this is going to be a tough one for us. And then, unfortunately, on top of that, you have a lot of the individual errors that just kind of compounded the situation.
0: I would not be surprised when we were down for nothing that some people might have thought. That crept into the crop the thought crept into their mind that, you know, hey, we were top of the table, but maybe we're not as good as we thought we were, right? It's Brain's a team who's beaten us significantly, and they're our closest rivals right now. but I don't think that's the case at all. I think the main thing is Bremen came with a plan, like you said, and we came out flat flat in the sense that we had all these pointless errors, these errors that cost us the game. Um I think, like you said, we had good chances, created a lot of shots. Just nothing was on target or we had bad giveaways that led to great turnovers or great counterattacks by Bremen. So um, good good teams will do this to you. We've said this before where defensively, yes, we're doing really well, giving up one or zero goals a game. But defensively, these other teams, maybe not as good as Bremen, that have the chances, but they miss them because they're not as good. You get a good team against us that will capitalize, and Bremen did that exactly against us. So, um, yeah, it's a wake-up call, but it's nothing not the end of the world. Uh, like I said, there were some other results that or went our way. William says, "You know, we beat Sennhausen, Nuremberg, and, and St. Pauli loses. Um, or excuse me, we beat Sennhausen, Nuremberg beat St. Pauli. Top three is guaranteed. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I want to be, I want that top two guaranteed. That's that's what I want right now. <laughs> uh, do not want to, you know, risk that. But you know, Sennhausen beat Nuremberg four to two. That was a shocking result. Um, Darmstadt beating St. Pauli." That's a way a good call for them. You know, we got these teams coming up here. I mean, a lot Nuremberg and the season. Sandhausen's next, and St. Pauli, who just lost, um, is in the middle there. A lot to play for here. Standings are Werder in first, 57. We got 56, Darmstadt, 54, St. Pauli, 53. And I guess Hamburg's still in the mix at 51. So three games to play. Anything can happen, Jack.
1: Yeah, and if you're looking for a silver lining um to this one, uh just one positive to take away is that um, you know, you had Vinheim back in, in the starting lineup. Um, and you still have Torada and, and, and Bolter healthy up there. Um and then on the bench you had uh Sane was available, um, Lotsa was available, Iden was available, you know, so you had some guys that have been out struggling that we either in the lineup or we available on the bench. Um And uh, that is one positively. So, you know, a more full yeah. compliment, potentially still missing. Oh, uh, obviously that's probably like the big, the big glaring. Do we um, know
0: what his situation is. I, I keep me to look it up and I keep forgetting. I don't know how, cause I don't see him every week.
1: Yeah, I forget it was the other. It was the other game he like re-injured, kind of or like in training or something. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that it was a calf injury, maybe I, I forget. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I didn't get the sense that he was going to be shut down for the rest of the season. But, um, uh, but yeah, probably a couple games. So maybe he's back this week. Maybe he's not. Um, I'll have to check on the status of that.
0: So here's the starting lineup. What would you change for Sandhausen? Granted, Sandhausen is not St. Pauli, but Sandhausen are in a bit of a, a good streak at the moment. Would you change anything? Would you keep it the same? What would
1: you do? Um I mean if we're assuming the same let's say let's just say like the 4231 if we're mm-hmm. assuming that uh I I you know me I kind of have like an item bias. Yeah. So I would consider giving him the start. Um that's just a position that like no one's really ever locked down this season because it'll be like a couple really good performances, and then somebody gets hurt, or like, or they you know they rotate somebody else in. Um, if you said Vinheim again, I wouldn't have an issue with it. I thought he had a kind of a bad game in this one, but um, you know, very small sample size overall from him. So we don't really know what to kind of expect. He's had like a really good performance, and you know, not so great one as part of like a whole bad team performance. Um, you know, Kaminsky and Tiao, I'm fine leaving back there. Ida Kura, I still kind of like for the most part in that central midfield pairing. Um against Sandhausen, I'd probably be I mean more fine with Paulson in there. But I I mean I wonder like you said like they've been on a they've been on a good streak recently. They what they're uh unbeaten in the last four. I think yes, yes. um I, I haven't he been watching them, so I don't know, but like do you think it's the kind of game where we would benefit from having Flick um and his, his passing, or do you think we benefit from you know just sort of the extra defensive cover?
0: I do I do think we would benefit from having Flick's passing in this game, and I think if he does really well confidence wise, you slot him in for St. Pauli, because that might be a good insertion there as well. And so give him a couple games there, uh, two important games there. And then, you know, depending on what the schedule says, uh, in terms of the placement, and are are we locked in the top two? Whoever you can start whoever. Bring on bring the youngsters if we're if we're locked, but uh these next two games are gonna be important. So I think, yeah, I would swap out Paulson for uh flick for sure, and then Honestly, I'm I'm fine with the top four. Honestly. Would you Shirlenov play is... would you
1: play a Drizzy as like as like a winger, like in place of like Drexler, potentially?
0: I would like to see that. I mean, Sand Housing might be the place to try it, honestly. You know, you give him a you give him a if he give him forty-five and if he doesn't do great, or if he says poorly, you bring in Drexler right away. Or if um you know, if he's having a solid shift, give him sixty to seventy five minutes and then bring in Drexler or something like that. Maybe churning off, give Drexler a rest before a big St. Pauli matchup. So yeah,
1: but uh, the, the St. Pauli thing, I think I, one, one of the things I mentioned like last week, I think is just, I felt like we were just out out yes. physical in that one significantly, yes. and so like that's one where I almost kind of want Paulson in the game more. Yes, um, for the presence that's he sure. can bring, maybe maybe that's a game where you change shape or you change personnel and you have like either Paulson, paulson and Flick in the game at the same time um, and like just kind of beef it up a little bit potentially. I don't know, so something to keep an eye on in the next couple weeks.
0: You know, and and honestly, you talk about the physicality of of. St. Pauli, maybe I mean this is a game you could I don't know if you want to flirt with it with as good as sennhausen is at the moment, but I would say if you, you know two of the hardest working guys, I mean if you include Paulson, three guys Salatzar, Drexler, and Paulson, if you can give them a breather or give them you know less minutes in this game against sennhausen and bring in some other guys like Flick and Idrizi and and maybe Aden or something like that. Um that way they're more fresh off again. or off again, yeah. yeah and then that way the three of them are fresh for uh, for the beating that we're going to have to have. That's going to be the pivotal game there against St. Pauli. Um, and our defense, we got to figure something out defensively too. I think Paulson to help out the back four with Bergstaller and company is important because Berge is very tricky. He likes to get in those, in those spots. As, as we know, he runs those channels very well. So, yeah, that's a good shout.
1: Yeah, it's going to be tough to see like what kind of rotation you can pull off, just because like I, I do feel like we're at the point of the season where you if you're rota- if you're rotating, it mostly needs to be because you think it's the correct um, exactly. you know personnel decision for that game, as opposed to like you know I want to make sure these guys are fresh, so we're gonna take Sandhausen for advantage slightly or whatever, particularly on the run they're on. So I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like we need to you know do whatever that makes the most sense. Most people are healthy right now and just roll the dice and hope everyone stays fresh for the most part. And, you know, it's not like we're playing cup games or, have, you know, European competitions. Like, it's the end of the yeah. season, we should be in, like, maybe, yeah, maybe worn down, but also, like, in the best fitness overall in terms of stamina and stuff because you're, like, at the end of your season form or whatever. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah we'll we see. should we should go with we'll our, our best 11. And then, you know, if we got a lead going into the 60th minute and you start swapping guys out, you know, give some some rest here. But, yeah, it's going to be – it's a yeah. tough game because – 10,000 have been pulling off victories lately against, you know, Nuremberg has been really good uh, of late. So we have to watch that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. And Edwin has a good question here. He says, uh, do we have the toughest schedule to finish out of the top five teams? Uh, so let's take a look. Uh, let me see if I can, well, I'm not going to share a screen, but okay. So Werder Bremen, looking who they got uh, coming up. Uh, where is the schedule? Okay. So they have Holston Kiel, Al, and Jan Regensburg. Not that bad. Oh, just lost where I was going. <laughs> way to go. Way to go. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, where so that, go?
1: that's that's a pretty favorable one. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. And hey, My standings aren't working now. Come on now. Wake up. There it is. All right. All right. Try this again. Uh, Darmstadt. So Darmstadt has, they have Dusseldorf, Owl, and Paderborn. Again, not that bad. Looking at St. Pauli, St. Pauli has Nuremberg next, us, and Dusseldorf. It's tough. Tougher than us. Uh, St. Pauli and Dusseldorf. So Dusseldorf is basically where Sennhausen is, so it's equal to us.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I think what you're saying is like Bremen's getting promoted and then like the winner of St. Pauli and Schalke is basically. getting promoted. Um, based yeah. on what you're looking at. But. Yeah yep that's why games aren't played on paper richard and for any it's of those hamburg push-in.
0: lovers out there way not out of way from this podcast they got Ingolstadt, who have been relegated hanover and hanzo which is pretty easy so there's an outside chance that they could get in there in third spot maybe but it's going to come down to saint pauli and schalke i think for the um automatic promotion spots and then the third spot can come down between you know Darmstadt and, and the three of the two of us i should say so yeah, it's getting tight. Uh, the next game will tell us a lot if we can. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's going to tell us a lot. We're going to have some breathing rooms. It, it, really, does Nuremberg do us a favor and beat St. Pauli? And do we beat and That would give us some breathing room at the top, too. Uh, but, you know, Darmstadt's still playing as well. And I don't know, man, a lot. Can't be easy now. Can't rest. Can't rest. It's never easy for us. Gotta keep going. <laughs> Gotta go- keep going.
1: Ju- just a few. And like I said before, it's been fun this year.
2: Yeah. So, you know, it's regardless of so. what
1: happens, I do appreciate, you know, the effort we've seen from the team and, and the things that like Schroeder's done and sort of, you know, the atmosphere it's been, it's been fun to support Schalke again this season. that's been the first time in a couple of years, that we've been able to say that. So,
0: yeah. Um, I'm going to get to this next comment before I'm going to do a video first before I go to the next comment. Uh, so this was Rovin Schroeder talking about, uh, Mike Buskins in terms of head coach for next season. All right, let me uh, play this here. Uh, du, 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 du.
2: Also erstmal sind wir froh, dass der Bujo da ist. Das ist das Allerwichtigste, ähm, mit seinem Team nicht nur harmoniert, sondern einfach auch für Schalke eine tolle Arbeit macht. So, und ähm, Wie wir auch in den letzten Wochen, äh, ist das Spiel Bremen, was uns beschäftigt und der Fokus drauf ist, da können alle sagen, ja, das erzählen sie nur, aber es ist halt so, weil es einfach für uns eine klare Struktur auch gibt, nicht zu weit zu denken und jetzt schon irgendwie in irgendwelche Ja, Euphorie äh, aufzubrechen, tut nicht gut, weil du dann völlig den, den Blick auch verlierst. wegen es ist Werder Bremen. Wir wissen, was wir an äh, Bujo haben. Äh, ähm, man braucht jetzt nicht äh, noch weiter loben, weil Bujo auch weiß, was ich persönlich auch von ihm halte. Ähm, und äh, da gibt es von Anfang an eine klare Absprache, egal wie das ausgeht. Und äh, von daher sind wir einfach froh, dass Bujo in der Gemeinde FC Schalke 04 ist äh, und zur Verfügung steht mit allem, was er hat. Und äh, das ist der größte Faustpfand für uns. Und, und von daher ist es klar, dass es im Sommer naturally mit Mike Wistons weitergeht, but nicht als Chef train. So
0: what he ended there saying is basically the short runaround is that Buskins will not be our manager next season. Uh and they've been actively looking for another manager. We kind of knew this already, but we we're just waiting for the official confirmation there. Um I'd imagine that part of it is I imagine Buskin probably doesn't want it, you know. I guess. Uh I think maybe this Brayman game shows that maybe I don't know. I'm okay with it. I, I'm glad he's staying at Schalke, but you know, as much as we all want him to, you know, we all love him and everything. Maybe he's not the coach for us. I don't know. What are your thoughts on on the whole whole thing?
1: Do Do you think he doesn't want it though? I mean, like maybe I'm being I'm just unaware of many statements that he's made. So I apologize if this is like uh, kind yeah. Of no, I don't know either. He said yeah. he almost. I mean, it kind of strikes me as someone who probably would. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that's the right decision though. Um, of course, and you know, the five game winning run as important as that was. And, you know, as, as fantastic of a, you know, new manager bump that we know that you love uh, as that was, um, I, I don't think anybody is going to look at those five games and be like, for the most part, yeah, tactical masterclass, you know? Sure by Buskins or whatever. Um sure. and uh and this game doesn't this Braymen game doesn't change my opinion of Buskins as a manager no. like at all. No. Um my opinion of him after this Braymen game is exactly the same as it was after the five game winning streak. Um so uh yeah, I mean as long as he doesn't start doing things that I think are just glaringly awful like this is what we're rolling with for the rest of the season. Christian it makes Gross. it it, it, make, it <laughs> makes complete sense. Like he was always going to be a caretaker manager. Yeah. Um this isn't like, you know, you go out and you appoint like Gramasis. And then end up keeping him. This is like an internal, you know, guy who's been part of the staff and is going to revert. You know, it's like a Duncan Ferguson at Everton or something like that. Yeah. As kind of an example. Um, so uh, yeah, it, Schroeder has done a great job with most of the personnel decisions he's made. I I believe in him. If we have the resources, that he'll be able to go out and recruit somebody to Schalke if we're promoted. I think I think that can sell itself. Um, and you know, if we have reasonable finances like i said and it seems like we're making progress in that regard and we can afford a decent coach um and then if we are promoted i think what short will have already done will will be enough of a selling point in terms of like we have a new structure here we're headed in the right direction this is a project that you actually want to be a part of as opposed to you know the poison chalice that it had been you know for many of the previous previous seasons
0: yeah and i kind of look at Booskin's like a hoop stevens where he's a caretaker he loves the team so much but maybe he doesn't want the role. I don't know. Maybe Mike, I mean, I, I'd imagine Buskins really does want the role, but you know, I don't know. It's tough. I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the decision. Honestly, I think what he's done, he's always going to be great for all of us. We all love him. No matter if he stayed with us as a head coach or, or stays on it with a, another role, like he will, like he did before. So um, yeah, it's a tough one there, but I, you know, I have confidence like you in Revan Schroeder. He's done everything pretty great so far for us in, in all respects. And so you you hope that he bring he's gonna bring in someone who's gonna be who's gonna fit the bill and give us exactly what we need with the team that he's built, um, and it kind of leads us to the question that was in the chat was if Shaq could get promoted back to the Bundesliga, what upgrades do you think the coach needs? What what do you need to be made in order to stay in the Bundesliga? Um, Schroeder's done a good job. A lot of these are loan jobs, and so how, which of them can he make permanent? Right, Salazar's already been permanent. Oeyan says he would stay if he get promoted. Uh, Tiroda is definitely staying. Boulter, I don't know what's going on with him. Um So if we can shore up some of these loan spots, Itakur is going to be the interesting one, right? Can we get him for Man City? Can we get another loan? I don't know. Um, But what moves do you think we definitely have to make? Uh, goalkeeper has to be at the top of the list because you think – Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Bottom. Absolutely.
1: And so just for the sake of this conversation to make it easier, I'll say, like, what do we need to upgrade? Assuming the entire squad stays like assuming we have the ability to retain everybody, they'll just pick it easier. Yeah, conversation. Um, but yeah, first and foremost on my list is absolutely goalkeeper. That's number one for me. Um, as much as we love Fairman, I, I don't think there would be many people that would say, hey, I'm confident with Ralph Fairman as our starting goalkeeper back in the Bundesliga again. Um, I I don't know how much longer he stays at the club and if he does, I I can't imagine it's going to be in a starting role once again, maybe a cup game here or there. Um, and yeah, I'm sorry, Frazzle, this entire season has not impressed me. He hadn't really impressed me when the, when the switch was made from Fairman. Remember we were talking about that back then saying like, okay, fine, but like, didn't feel like it was justified or like necessary. And I don't think he's done anything subsequently for the most part to really say like, yes, that was clearly you know, a great move or whatever. So um I don't know. Yeah. Goalkeeper's big for me. Outside of that, I think you probably need another striker. Um, I don't know if you can rely on Torada being healthy um necessarily. Um and uh you know let's say like you have an issue with like Bolter Torada, right? Uh it's peeringer Like do you trust peeringer to kind of pick up the weight in the Bundesliga? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Um I'd say you probably need like another attacker there and then yeah left hand side you might be fine with with OEAN and, and you know China You need to figure out the right back situation. So, I mean, like, you have Aiden bring somebody else in there that can be permanent and be, like, a difference maker. Um, like, it'd be nice if you had, like, you know, uh, a counterpart to Oweon. And then, like, you have, like, Chananoglu and Aiden is like, the young sort of, like, backups that you can rotate in. Yeah. But it'd be nice if you could go out in the market and, you know, really get, like, a competent right back, like, permanently. So.
0: Yeah. I'm The verdict is still out on Vinheim. If he's, you know, is that going to work for him? Is he more of a wingback type of player anyway? You know, that's a, a lot of questions there. But definitely goalkeeper. goalkeeper. Um, it would be nice if we creative midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't know where you're going to find it, but you know, I talk about Manu from Darmstadt. I wouldn't mind picking someone like him up or Teets as a backup for, you know, Toro. Teets is going to want to start and you probably get him starting over Bolter. But, you know, I'd love to see what Toro could do possibly in the Bundesliga, but you're right. He's going to be 35 or something like that. You know, there are some guys, there are some exceptions to the rule, um, but yeah, you're going to have the backup just in case he goes down or Bulter or, you know, you know, whatever. So, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, Eric is saying maybe pair Itakura and Kabak in defense, assuming we keep Itakura. Um, if we do, you know, I also like Itakura playing the defensive midfielder role. Uh, he's pretty good at that. He's, he creates a lot of opportunities that way. But, you know, I imagine Tiao is going to get sold. Um, a lot of people are thinking, imagine that. He was already flirting with Milan and a couple other teams in the winter break. Um, and if, if Shaka get promoted, you know, who knows, maybe his heartstrings will keep him at Shaka, but you know, if the right price comes, I'm sure Shaka with their debt will sell him. So, uh, yeah, it'd things. be sad.
1: He's a great, he's a great talent. Um, and I'd like to see what he could do back in the Bundesliga. but, yeah. um, my, uh, my default is always going to be sell these people before we lose them on free transfers given yes. our track record. So, and hopefully we're done with those days, but, uh, listen, yeah, if, you, if we can get Malik Chow out the door for 15, 20 million. You know who knows what? It, who knows what he's going to be worth? But like, yeah, I mean, you'll probably you'll probably end up doing that. Uh, but yeah, it it would be unfortunate if we're not able to retain Ito and we sell to, like we were in trouble quickly then, and we need to actually go out and do some legitimate business in the transfer market. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It, you like the personnel we have, but given the short term commitments and other things, potentially it's a precarious
0: situation. Hey, we just bring back Timo Becker because Timo Becker is really good. At, he was good in the Bundesliga. It's the league. He sucks at it. <laughs> apparently uh so yeah you got that and uh eric says chiming in about buyo he says i think it's a lot of rhetoric for play for the shirt passion not really a huge tactical shift from Dim- the dimitri gramosis and i agree with that I, you know it hasn't been drastically different from uh, gramosis other than the formation um i think the team has been playing a lot more for passion and the shirt which is big because they i don't think we really were doing it at times this season under gramosis so yeah, it's a, it's a interesting conversation there. We'll see what happens. Uh for I think whatever Schroeder does needs to lock up that manager as soon as the season ends. Give him a full offseason to work with his team because the last thing we want is they come in like two weeks before the season and thinking, all right, good luck in the Bundesliga. Or, or you know Yeah,
1: I mean, but they've been they've been looking at that since they got rid yes. of Gramatzis. They yes. have. Yeah. So I I don't believe that they were serious. I maybe I'm wrong. I don't believe they've been seriously considering Buskins in any capacity. I think I think they made the decision that, like, hey Grimantz isn't it, and we need to make a change now for like the success of the team yeah. this season. But it also can't be another coach that we have to bring in who may or may not work and probably wouldn't be a great fit that we're paying a salary for and on the hook for. Why don't we just give it somebody that we're already paying a salary to, Buskins, caretaker to the end of the season. We think he can do the job. And then we have you know half of the rook render or whatever to actually have a proper coaching search in advance of the summer. And I think that's what's going on, and I think that's smart and gives us you know plenty of time to look into it um yeah. it just may be a little bit difficult to attract a coach with our um division uncertain you know whereas yeah. if we had been in the Bundesliga and we're like mid table or something at this point in the season be like all right well we're going to be in the Bundesliga again yeah. you know what you're getting into yeah. at this point people are probably still you know looking at it and being like well you know where am i going to be
0: there's rumors that there's a manager for i think it's a polish team who's winning the league this year uh is is rumored to be with schalke he's been the, he's been in the Bundesliga and Zweite Liga before as a manager. So that's a rumor, but I don't, I forget his name. His name escapes me. And there's other candidates as well. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I imagine they made a, they knew the decision for Buskins four or five weeks ago. But seeing how the team is performing, they're like, you know, let's hold off on any kind of announcement until and see how this rides out. If we go on a huge win streak, you announce it at the end. Or when they lose, they lost and announce it then. So I, I hate
1: whoever even asked that question at the press conference to bring that up. Yeah. Like,
0: I, I, not to like you know Gotham write America. on journalists, no, for, 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 <laughs>
1: not, not to rag on journalists for doing their job, but like who who actually is like you know what question I have? My question is is Buskin's going to be the manager next season? Like I can't imagine anybody like really thinking that's that's probably going to be the case, like realistically, or that that's what we need to be like focused on. Yeah. Right now, I don't know. I just my my thing, but yeah,
0: whatever. yeah. And and granted, that was announced before the Brayman match, but still, um, not the point. I mean, like yeah, who brings that up? We. Uh, anyway anyway i guess it
1: makes more sense if it was pre-braming in, in the context of a five yeah. you know winning streak or whatever but still it's like all right
0: yeah yeah all right uh that's all i got for news and stuff anything you got anything else to wrap this up
1: no, I'm just, let's stay positive. Like I said, yeah. we still control our own destiny. Um, you know, we had just won five games in a row, which no one expected. You know, Bremen is top of the league right now. It's okay to drop a game to them. It was a bad performance. We definitely need Frazzle to, um, uh, it doesn't need to be fantastic. He just needs to not make mistakes. He yep. can be completely average. I think our defense for the most part is usually good enough to provide enough cover. He just can't have the performance he had again. Um, and I think we'll mostly be fine because yeah, offensively, it was a um, uncharacteristically wasteful game. From Torada, but some of the chance creation was still there. We have a lot of the squad healthy. There's no reason that we can't get the results we need to get over the next three weeks.
0: I agree 100. percent I think the ideal such a scenario for me is we lock up the top two positions before the Nuremberg match, and you let Ralph Fairman play that last game with no worries that you're gonna knock in get. You're locked up in one or two. If it's a third place game, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that. But you know, that's just my my world there. So anyway, all right. Uh any shout-outs? Shout-outs to the chat. You guys brought it again. Loved all the comments and questions there. Thank you again. But Jack, any, any shout-outs for us? Uh no pressure. <laughs> no, I'm gonna pass. All right, cool. All right, where can our followers find you on social media?
1: I was thinking about one for a minute and it's just gonna take too it's gonna take too long, so don't worry about it. Uh you think you can find oh. me at J M Mang and J M M A N G A N on Twitter.
0: I'm curious now, but <laughs> all right. As always, you can follow me at R underscore uh, Follow the podcast. If you're not doing it already, you know, you're listening to us. So how do you not follow us? Uh, at Shock America, any comments or questions, anything you'd like to see us to talk about, make videos on, let us know. We'll do it on our YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't done that already. Uh, our podcast can be found anywhere. Podcast can be heard. And uh, yeah, support the show. Go to teespring.com slash shockamerica. Just saying. That's not the gear I'm wearing here, but, you know. (laughs) All right. For Jack, I'm Richard. Until the next podcast comes, or watch along, probably podcast. We'll catch you soon. (laughs) Go, Gal.